Podcast Answer Man, episode number 268. Entertaining, educational, and encouraging content that makes a difference. This is GSPN.TV. Join the community. Hi, this is Leo Laporte of This Week in Tech, and you're listening, (laughs) you're smart, to Cliff Ravenscraft. He is the Podcast Answer Man. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Podcast Answer Man. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft, and this, my friends, is the podcast devoted to podcasting, helping you take your show to the next level. It doesn't matter if you're a brand new podcaster, if you've been podcasting for many years, or you're just now going over to learnhowtopodcast.com to get started. There's something we can all do to take our show to the next level. That's right, my friends. And this week, I have a full show that I want to uh, bring to you. Uh, some interesting things. I'm going to start off things with a question. Actually, we have a voicemail feedback uh, from Eddie. And Eddie actually has two questions. His, one, his first question, and I'll get to this, how do you determine the potential size of a podcast audience for a particular topic that you want to launch? And also, if you actually create a podcast around a passion maybe just because it's something you enjoy so much, how do you transition that podcast into a full-on business that supports you and your family? I'll give some thoughts around both of those. I don't know if I'll give you a formula, but certainly uh, give you some thoughts off the top of my head. Also, in this episode, I am going to tell you how you can use the Apple Podcasts app for the iOS to subscribe to a feed manually Thanks to my good friend Tim Chatton for pointing it out to me. I'll explain that and give you a little bit more of an update about what the world thinks about the application after it's been in the store now for, I guess, just over a week or two now. We're going to be talking today a lot about Facebook and some things that have just been released for the Facebook fan page community and also a couple things that have happened over the last month or so that we never have uh, kind of mentioned to you here in our social media update. So Eric J. Fisher is standing by waiting to share with us uh, some of those new insights today. Also, I'm going to give you a reminder about the speaker submission form deadline for the New Media Expo, Las Vegas 2013. I'm going to tell you where you can get some podcast artwork to update your artwork to that new 1400 by 1400 standard and so much more in this episode. Anyway, on to our random plug of the week. And this random plug of the week goes out to my good friend, Jim Queso. Now, I actually met Jim in Los Angeles last year. I think it was at a place called Trader Vix, which is where I held our gspn.tv community meetup when I went to Blog World LA 2011. And that was an exciting time for me personally. And the community meetup that I had there was just out of this world. I got to meet Jim and his wife, Lisa, and they are just amazing people. Had a wonderful conversation with them and found out that he and I share a lot in common when it comes to uh, some of the, you know, the journey along our personal lives when it comes to our faith. And uh, he has quite an extensive history in, uh, in the faith community. And you can read all about this over on his website at crimsoncord.org. He also has a podcast 
called Crimson Cord. The podcast, by the way, is focused on spiritual growth. You guys know me. I'm personally uh, very much a man of faith. Um, I, I never hide that fact. I try to never to push that down anyone's throat. You guys know this about me. I certainly find myself agreeing more with Jim than anything I could ever disagree with. So go check this out. And if even if you're not interested in the faith aspect of this, then I encourage you just go to check it out. If nothing else, go and look and see what he's had done to his thesis theme. I think it's probably one of the coolest tweaks that I've seen to the thesis theme in quite some time, and I really like the website. So again, it's crimsoncord.org. That's crimson, C-R-I-M-S-O-N, cord, C-O-R-D, dot O-R-G. So crimsoncord.org. Go check it out. If you like his podcast, be sure to let him know that you heard about him from the podcast Answer Man. And now, my friends, I am going to turn things right over here to our question of the week. Actually, Eddie called in kind of two questions in one, and I will play that question for you right now. Hi, Cliff. My name is Eddie, and I have a couple questions for you today around podcasting as a business. Um, I've been listening to your podcast for a while, find it really inspirational and a lot of really great information. Um, And as I sort of explore this option for myself, um, I'm curious, firstly, about how do you determine the uh, potential size of an audience that a particular podcast topic might have. I've done some poking around on iTunes, looking around, and I'm trying to figure out if there's if there's enough um, of, as I say, as an audience sort of waiting there for a particular topic, because uh, I'd like to approach the subject matter of a potential podcast from a passion interest point of view, as I f- believe I've heard you describe on podcasts and information that you've provided before. So I'm definitely keeping that in mind as I think about this. But at the same time, I'm wondering if... Um, you know, maybe I'm passionate about something, and but almost no one else is. So I'm curious how to sort of gauge that interest out there to know if there's sort of a viable audience waiting to hear a particular topic. And secondly, and very much related to that, is how do you then transition at some point in the future um, your podcast into a full-fledged business that brings in income and is able to support a person and his family, much like you have done? Uh, I don't know if you have any sort of hard and fast rules on that, but I'm curious about what the process might be and um, how one would actually go about even um, thinking about that. So anyways, I really look forward to your response and love what you do. Thanks very much. All right, Eddie, thank you so much for the questions and I will do my best to tackle it here. So the first thing that you asked is, uh, you're trying. You say you're trying to go into iTunes and find out if there's enough of an audience just sitting there waiting for you to create a podcast about a particular topic. You know, honestly, there's no way for you to to gauge this in in any real fashion. I mean, there's going to be some that sure it, it, you pick something that is in popular culture, like I did with the TV show Lost. I didn't choose that because I was looking for a topic for a podcast. I was I chose it because I was passionate about it, and it just so happened to be that millions of other people were passionate about Lost as well, the TV show. Uh, I have, con- um, subsequent to that, I actually did create several podcasts based upon the fact that, yeah, there would be a large audience out there, but they were always issues where I took things that had a popular culture you know, kind of tie in. So uh, some of the podcasts that we've done that have had, you know, just major success, the Lost podcast, uh, the Heroes fan podcast, 
my wife and I actually did the Grey's Anatomy fan podcast, the Desperate Housewives fan podcast, the Doctor Who fan podcast, the Twilight Saga fan podcast, and the Hunger Games fan podcast. All of those shows, extremely successful because there were millions and millions of fans around the world for all of these brands. There were already fan sites all over the web for these things. I I just knew that if I created a podcast related to it, uh, that, yeah, there was an audience out there uh, necessarily waiting for a podcast on the topic? Mm, maybe, maybe not. Uh, that that's that's where you get into. Uh, you, yeah, how do you? I don't know that a lot of people who are just absolutely diehard Twilight fans or Hunger Games fans are in iTunes every day wondering if there's going to be a new podcast related to the Twilight Saga or the Hunger Games uh, uh, series of books. So while now, the thing is, is those who are diehard fans and who are geek-minded people and already familiar with podcasting, are they out there looking for it? Yeah, they are. Uh, but those who are diehard fans who would actually consume any content. You know, there are, there are websites out there for Hunger Games and Twilight and all these other things, and they're called fan fiction. It's where basically the story continues on, but the story isn't written by the original author. They just use the writing style as much as possible, and the characters, and they they fans come up with their own storylines to carry these characters, to make them live on beyond what the author you know, put into the books, and this is called fan fiction. There are people out there that love these series so much that they'd be willing to read, you know, basically fiction fiction, if you will, about this content. So they'll consume just about any content when it comes to those things. They would watch a five-hour documentary on it. They would watch, you know, they would watch the any participant of the cast from the from the 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 movies, if you will. Uh, on on Jimmy Kimmel or you know Jimmy Fallon or Jay Leno, well maybe not Jay Leno. Uh, <laughs> anyway, but but they, you know what they would because they're that big of a fan. So if those people knew that you created a podcast, chances are they would. So how do you judge whether or not you know there's an audience that you know the size of an audience that's available? You won't be able to judge the size of the audience that you'll be able to convert to listening to your show. But you can judge it based upon some some of those extempor, you know external factors, if you will. Now, um, here's the deal: when you get into something that's more of a niche topic, uh, and and you get in there, and um, you're 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 not even sure yourself if there's anybody out there who shares your passion. Number one, I'm going to tell you: if you think you're alone, you're wrong. If you have a passion for something, I guarantee you, you are not the only person who has a passion for it. For example, I I have a couple passions that I thought for sure I would be the only person in the world who would have passion for uh, some things from like the 1980s that I watched on on TV when I was a little kid. Um, I remember The Tomorrow People was a science fiction television show. Uh, And guess what? I was able to find lots of fan sites out there about the tomorrow people. This is this is it's actually a 1970s kids television science fiction television show. The, I Into the Labyrinth was another show that I I like and it turns out there's an entire YouTube channel that's taken all of those episodes and put them into uh, a, a basically a playlist that you can watch the, all of the episodes of Into the Labyrinth. You know, Children of the Stones 
You know, they, these are these are science fiction t- kids television show. And not only that, but they're not even U.S. based. They're they're British sci-fi kids shows. And uh, there are fan communities around those. There are people out there that have meetups around tomorrow people i mean come on seriously so if you think you're alone chances are well almost certainly you're not uh, you you're probably i i can just tell you you're you're not somebody else out there shares your passion now now whatever your niche niche passion is your niche topic whatever you may or may not be able to go out and immediately find people who are passionate about what you're passionate about and have any clue what a podcast is. Now, for Hunger Games, I was able to use social media such as Twitter to go out and introduce about 6,000 new Hunger Games fans to my Hunger Games fan podcast. And for those 6,000 people approximately, the Hunger Games fan podcast was the first podcast they ever heard in their life. And I did this just last year or about a year and a half ago. And I was able to do that by using a strategy where I used, um, I created a Twitter profile at twitter.com slash hungergamespod. And then I decked out that Twitter profile. I made sure that it had a custom background that was appealing and on topic for that, that basically any Hunger Games fan would say like, wow, that looks that looks like this person behind this Twitter ID is somebody I want to follow because they're just as passionate about Hunger Games as I am. Um, I created special custom artwork. I You read my bio and it kind of just helps you understand that this is something of value. We've got additional content. If you love Hunger Games, you'll love this. Check it out. And of course, the whole idea is to entice them to click on the link that's in my Twitter profile, which would take them to HungerGamesPodcast.com which then explains what our show is and it's got player buttons there for the most recent episodes and they can listen to a sample and say, wow, I've got to subscribe to this or wow, I've got to at least listen to this until I figure out what a podcast is and then learn that I can subscribe to it. So sometimes you have your work cut out for you. Uh, But here's the thing. One thing I can tell you, hands down, unequivocally, I know the answer to this question. I don't, you didn't mention what your passion is. I guarantee you, you're not the only person with it. Whether or not you're going to find people in iTunes literally sitting out there searching every day looking for your niche topic, I have no clue because you didn't tell me what one it, which one it is. But here's, here's an example for you. Wooden boats. You've heard me talk about Dan Matson many times. Go to hookedonwoodenboats.com. Dan Matson created this podcast. Now, I did a search in iTunes and I, I did a search for wooden boats. And guess what? It returned several results of podcast episodes from a podcast that was devoted to boats or boating. And, you know, so there are some boating enthusiasts out there who are already listening to podcasts because they were subscribed to this show. This show had well over 100 episodes, so obviously it had a following. It wasn't being produced any longer, I don't believe. But the one thing was sure is that this guy, to do 100 episodes, he must have developed some kind of community. So, and what I have found with podcasting, even if a show pod fades, that I don't, I've never, okay, that's not true. I have met maybe four or five people who are subscribed to only one podcast. Yes, they're, 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 okay, they're odd freaks of nature. Okay. <laughs> yes, they, those there are a few people that that exist that have only subscribed to one podcast and one podcast only. However, 
99.999 to the infinity level percent of the people who find podcasting and would actually take the trouble to subscribe to a podcast, I guarantee you that almost always those people are subscribed to more than one show. So if all of a sudden they listen to over 100 episodes of a podcast devoted to their favorite hobby, boating, uh, and then all of a sudden maybe that's how they got introduced to the world of podcasting is through that boating podcast. That person reached out to them and said and explained to them what a podcast was. That person, those listeners found that podcast, loved that podcast, found out about podcasting, subscribed to the show, and after a couple hundred episodes, that person stopped producing the podcast. I can assure you that during that process, they not only did they thank that person for introducing them to the world of podcasting, those people are benefiting today from other content, from other interests that they have. So um, I, I had a feeling for Dan that there would be some existing people out there in the boating enthusiast community uh, that that would be interested in that. Now, could I judge the the audience size, the potential size of the audience? No. But I'm going to give you something that ties into the next question that you asked, and that is how do you make the transition to turn your podcast into a full-time business that supports you and your family? And I will tell you that, uh, number one, give it at least two to four years minimum. That And, and I do mean dead set minimum. Uh, I, I mean, if you're, especially if you're starting this from scratch and here's the cool thing, you only need about a a thousand true loyal followers, a thousand true loyal followers. Now you asked if there's some formula, some specifics. I've shared some stuff in the past in podcast answer, man. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you what, I'm just going to tell you about two books because I, I really believe that if you read these two books, Eddie, you'll be on the path of achieving what you want to achieve. The first book that I'm going to tell you to read is called Tribes. That's by Seth Godin, all right? The next book that I'm going to tell you to read right after you're done reading Tribes is Crush It. That's Crush It by Gary Vaynerchuk. Tribes and Crush It. Those books, in that order, and my friend, I believe you'll be calling me in a couple months saying, hey, I am now on episode number 20 of my, you know, really super niche podcast and I may only have, you know, 280 subscribers, but man, these are the best 280 people on the face of this planet that we all share this great passion and we're having a wonderful time building relationships and slowly introducing our each other to new people that we found that also share this passion. I'm so glad I finally reached out to these people and did this. And who knows, maybe 18 months, 24 months, 36 months down the road, you'll be emailing me and say, Cliff, you know what? I just launched this um, digital product and I I can't believe what happened. I, you know, I did, you know, be, oh, the other thing is, is start a mailing list soon. Start a mailing list soon. Uh, but you know what? There, there's so much more. Eddie, just read those books. Th- those two things I think are going to help you the most right now. And that's my recommendation. And I hope that that answers your two questions that you have. All right, next up, I want to talk about the Apple podcasting application or the podcasts application. And one of the things that I noticed when I was playing around with this, I couldn't figure out a way for me to manually subscribe to a podcast that wasn't in the iTunes iTunes podcasting directory or podcast directory. And... I think it, what, what did we say we needed? To, I, I said I needed to call it something different now. It was the podcast direct. Anyway, 
Doesn't matter. Anyway, I did find out you can. There's no documentation that I'm aware of, but my good friend Tim Chatton notified me that you can manually add RSS feeds by entering the RSS feed URL into the search bar and hitting enter. Now, here's the thing that you'll need to know. You cannot do this in the catalog. You can't be in the catalog and searching for a podcast and just paste in or type in the RSS feed URL there. It won't work. It's basically gonna do a search in the directory and you're not gonna see it. You have to be in the library. And what I mean by that is when you first fire up the application, you know where it says, uh, I think it says podcast on the left and what does it say on the right? Let me uh, see if I can tell you real quickly here. So I can tell, yeah, the the next, so on the left-hand side, it says podcasts. On the right-hand side, it says top stations. Now, you have to be on the podcasts tab, and then at the very top, it says podcast, and then and to the left, it says catalog. You don't want to press that button, but below podcast, it says search, and it's got a magnifying glass. Type, click on the search, that little search icon, and then you'll have the ability to start typing in either type in or paste the feed URL. For example, the feed URL for Podcast Answer Man would be http colon slash slash feeds.feedburner.com forward slash PAM for Podcast Answer Man. If you were to do that, it would actually say, do you want to subscribe to this? Oh, you know, subscribe or cancel. And that is how you can manually add a subscription there. Now, I will tell you this though. As of today, July 12th, 2012, there are 4,062 ratings in the iTunes app store for the podcasts app. And it is currently getting a two and a half star rating, which is pretty doggone bad, which I am not surprised by because the, the application is, as I said in the two weeks ago when I reviewed it, just a, a, after having a day or so with it, um, it is extremely buggy. They have not released a you know a 1.1 update or anything like that yet, but it is extremely bug, buggy. It is sluggish. It's slow. One person told me that if you turn it into airplane mode, it works great. <laughs> but uh, you know, as far as the playback is concerned, but there are there are a lot of one star, very negative reviews in there. And you know what? I, I think. I think they're deserved. I mean, I believe if if I were to rate it, I don't know that I actually rate it. Actually, I think I did. I think I I think I gave it a five-star rating, but I said, you know what? It it needs a lot of work. And I only give it a five-star rating just because I want podcasting to to have, you know, I, I want them to know that we're supportive of of the work they're doing over there at Apple. I want them to continue to pursue this and they will. But anyway, if you read the one star and two star reviews, you'll see that people are all saying the same exact thing. It's laggy, it's buggy, um, and and clunky at this point. And and it's not very Apple-esque, honestly. Um, you know, late, you know, the user interface is exactly something that I would expect from from Apple, but the fact that it literally just seizes at moments uh, that I don't expect. So anyway, um, I, I think it's still coming around. I'm still trying to use it as much as possible, but I will be honest with you and tell you that I have found myself um, making sure that I have pocket casts fired up and ready to go if I want to listen to something really quick. So anyway, that's my update on that. And thank you, Tim Chatton, for letting us know that you can manually subscribe to a podcast. 
All right, my friends, it is now time to turn things over to our social media update. And for that, of course, we are going to go to our gspn.tv social media correspondent, Eric J. Fisher. Eric, what do you have for us this week? Well, this week we're going to talk about Facebook now allowing pages to make unpublished posts. Unpublished posts. Wait a second. So Facebook is now going to allow me to not publish something? Yeah. And they'll make you pay to do... No, I'm kidding. I do that with my Facebook fan page all the time. In fact, my Facebook fan page is already not published. You, you've so already had not the, been posting there forever. I've, I've had this advanced feature forever, and now they're giving everybody else this ability to not post things on Facebook. Yes. How is, this, I, how is this a feature? <laughs> well, this shouldn't be confused with the new ability, which I don't think we've ever talked about on this show, to schedule posts right in Facebook. <gasps> Wait a second. How did, how did we not talk about this? When did this happen? I don't happen? know that we... I think I mentioned it offhand, but... Yeah, one of the things one of the things we talked about a lot in depth was EdgeRank and the whole fact that if you were using third-party apps to publish, most of the time you were using them because you wanted to schedule a, a Facebook post. Well, you actually now have the ability to publish, or I should say, write your post and then schedule it right through Facebook.com so you don't lose your EdgeRank edge. Not, so now you can go in. Now, of, of course, we talked about the fact that if you're posting from HootSuite or Buffer app and stuff, you take a hit on your edge right. rank. It, yes. You know, they, they don't count that as high as if you actually come to their service and do it right from the platform that they give you. But the problem was is that you you had to go there whatever time of day if you wanted to spread things out. But you, now you're telling me Facebook does allow this? Is this on pages only? It is on pages only. It's not on profiles. Okay, yet. so obviously I don't have any. Maybe I need to create a page just to start playing with some of this stuff again. But uh, so is is that pretty straightforward? I mean, you're actually yeah, in the I've, post I've box. I've done it. It's real easy. It's you go in, you, you go to your page, you log in as your page, you go to where you would write a post, you either attach an image or you post a video or even if it's just text and a link to a story or, or call to action or something. And then you drill down there where you can select some of the settings that are right there uh, where, you know, you can select your audiences and things like that. Um, you select to, uh, I think it's a little time button and then it comes up and you just select the day and the date and the time and it it's queued up. Sounds excellent. So right. check that out. So there you go. I, news to me: you can actually schedule posts right from Facebook. This is cool. Okay, but 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 still, I don't understand how this is a feature to unpublish a post. Right. So don't confuse that with an unpublished post, which is something that is actually live, but not live on your timeline. Oh, That's probably the ah. easiest way to understand this. Okay. It exists, it'll have a URL, but it will not be pushed out to the news feed, but can be promoted through an ad, can be sent with a link, and can be used as, say, one of the examples they give is, say a brand page doesn't want to bother all its current fans with a certain intro video to their brand, but would like to push out, say, a Facebook ad that brings people to this post that kind of works as a landing page for the brand and then the video there is optimized for those non-fans to get them to become fans 
Okay, that makes a lot of sense. So here's the thing. I have, let's just say I happen to have a Podcast Answer Man fan page. And I have thousands of fans on there and we're interacting on a regular basis. It would be kind of weird uh, if all of a sudden I just say, hey guys, I want to give you an introduction to who I am and what I'm all about. Right. So instead of doing that, I have the ability to go to Facebook and post and upload and post this video and set it as an unpublished post, which means it's not going to go out to all of the people who liked me that Facebook, quote unquote, by their mafia standards have chosen who will and will not get to see it. Um, And then, of course, it's not going. So it's not going to go out to the news feed of people who have liked or subscribed to my page. Um, It's not going to go out on the timeline of the people who come to see my page. But it is going to be under my account for the page so that I can actually set up an advertisement, pay Facebook more money, um, and then basically have that forced down the throat of other people who happen to be browsing uh, Facebook who haven't yet said that they want to you know, follow my brand. But in hopes that I can target the right demographics, I can now mm-hmm. pay to reach a certain group of people and they will see this video They'll click on it. They'll take them to it. They'll still be on Facebook and they'll still be on a on my brand. And this could be a welcome video saying this is who I am. The podcast answer man. This is what I'm about. This is what I have to offer. You know, come and join this community online. Check out learn how to podcast dot com. Yeah, exactly. I could do all of that. And then I say, and if you like what you see here, go ahead and like this and join our Facebook fan page community online. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, so that's one of the the uses, possible uses for this. Another possible use would be to test out different versions of copy and how that looks published live, but not live to where people can actually see it so that you can go to those different posts and then you could turn it into a live post if you wanted to. Okay, so basically before you publish on your timeline, you want to see how it's going to look on your timeline. Is that what you're saying? Well, or how yeah, gonna... in, in effect, there's different ways. Like, for example, Facebook posts always tend to, and this is something I struggle with a lot in, in my day job, is you can write up something that looks really great, and then you can hit return, and you've got your image, you've got, or your link, or your, your story little cutout blurb, you've got, or a video, you've got all these different elements to it, and you think it looks great, and then you hit post, and then it posts, and something's cut off, something's truncated, something's moved. It looks not so good. Right. Or you've redundantly put the headline twice and it's not, you know. So then you can, in, instead of posting that and having it go live, think of it as, think of it as you're in WordPress. It's kind of like a draft. Yes, exactly. Okay. That's the easiest way to think of it. Gotcha. And you can, and so... And I believe, I may be wrong, but I believe WordPress actually already has this feature where you can see what a draft looks like live on the the page before it's actually live posted, published, that is. Nice. So this is that same exact equivalent just done on a Facebook post. And is this rolled out to everybody already? It looks like it's rolled out already. The article is on all, or sorry, inside facebook.com and it's got a link to the pages API, which is where you would find more information about this. Well, I would love to just uh, catch up on a couple other little things here and there that I, 
uh, have found out about you. You know, obviously, I'm still using my Facebook personal profile for my overall brand. My personal brand and my business brand currently are are so intertwined that I I feel comfortable, you know, putting my personal brand on, uh, mm-hmm. you know, for my business face. So anyway, a couple things that I've noticed that we have not covered in a social media update. One is that Facebook allows now uh, now allows you to edit your posts. Yes. This is huge because I can't tell you how many times I've gone in, typed something real fast, and then realized a very embarrassing quote-unquote typo. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, I wish I could fix that. And then all of a sudden, next thing you know, before you can delete it and repost it again with the new information, you've got three people who have commented. And it's like, now you don't want to delete their comments. Ah, it's so. But now you can easily go ahead and hover over the status update and click the pencil icon, and you can... Um, quote unquote, you can delete, stop publishing. Actually, you know what? How do I edit? Uh, you know what? Maybe that one's not editable because I didn't use. Oh, is it only editable for a certain period of time? Yeah, there's a certain period of time. I'm not sure how long it is. Let me do a quick search here. Yeah, because I can see right here. Um, I can't edit anything pretty much on. I know that I yesterday, 23 hours ago, I posted so happy that Dropbox doubled the size of my account for the same price I was paying. Sign up for a free account uh, at gspn.tv slash Dropbox, I think. Anyway, um, yeah, I don't have the ability any longer. Oh, wait a second. That share via buffer. So I did that one via buffer. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I'm not sure. I believe there may be a certain amount of time before you... You can't, but yeah. I'm not sure what that is at this point. Let me just, I'm going to put testing only, please ignore. And I'm going to post this. And so I just published that. And then if I click edit or remove, I don't see the ability to edit there either. I, okay, so maybe I'm wrong. Did they? Well, I commented on it and now there's an edit or delete on my comment. Oh, so maybe it's just comments. So it may just be for comments, yes. All right, so... All right, so let me just... So let me find a comment where I commented back to someone and I see a comment over here where I can like and then I do see an edit or delete over here and I can edit a comment that I did yesterday, but I... Yep, here's one for me from 14 hours ago and the edit or delete is still there, so... Okay, so, and Leslie Samuel says, I will not ignore. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll like that. Okay, so basically it's edit comments. So yes. we got that straight. Glad we tested that out live before we gave out some false information. So Yet again, like- another reason to unpublish a post, type it the right way before you publish it. Now, this idea of unpublishing a post. Now, obviously, I don't have a Facebook fan page and I don't know that I'm going to right. sign one up right now. Uh, down the road, I do see uh, a use for creating a, a a separate podcast answer man fan page, and and I probably will do that once I have you know a, a team of people who can help you know keep engagement high because I know the number of questions that would come in on on a Facebook fan page would be you know overwhelming to just me mm-hmm. myself. Right. So anyway, what I what I have noticed is that sometimes you put you put something out on Facebook. And you do want it to publish to your timeline on your personal profile, but you don't necessarily want it showing up on your 
um, on in on your timeline. Actually, you want it to go out to the news feed. You want it to go to the news feed, but not be on your timeline. Right. So you can yes. pu- you can go to Facebook, publish you know this status update or photo or whatever the case may be. So for example, right here it says testing only. Please ignore. Now, if I want to, I can click on edit or remove. And even though um, it you know even though it says here. Um, edit or remove it doesn't give you the ability to edit edit it at all unless you consider date change I guess that's editing it I, and you can add location but what I what I have noticed a lot is hide from timeline right so I just clicked that and now if I go to by the way if anybody wants to uh, connect with me on Facebook uh, facebook.com slash cliff Ravenscraft and if they want to f- connect with you Eric where do they go Facebook.com slash Eric with a K, letter J, F-I-S-H-E-R. There you go. Eric J. Fisher. So anyway, I just went to my my pay or my profile at Facebook.com slash Cliff Ravenscraft, and that post where it says, just testing, please ignore this, is not there. But if I go up into my notifications, I can see that now uh, Danielle Plugmakers and Celine Harrelson have both said, just can't, what are you testing? Mm-hmm. And, and it still has a URL. It still has a URL for that comment. So that comment, that status update is still alive. It's still active. People are still seeing it right now in their newsfeed, at yes. least wherever you know the, the mafia bosses have chosen for it to be shown. Um, anyway, <laughs> you have to go back to a prior episode of, of uh, Podcast Answer Man to t- find out where that's coming from. But anyway... So that that is still active, it's still out there, but it's not cluttering up my timeline. And one of the things that I've been doing is I've been closely, I, I've been, you know, manicuring, if you will, yeah. my my, uh, my um, timeline. timeline. So yeah. another feature, one other feature about my timeline, and I and you can tell me if you can do this on faces on on, on pages. You can. The, what? What you're gonna say? Do you, how do you know what I'm going to say? I don't know. <laughs> tell, you tell me what you think I'm going to say and I'll tell you if you're right. <laughs> to to hide the the posts. No, no, no. Something different. You can do that. Yes. What are you going to say? I well, This is what I'm going to say. One of the things that I, I was browsing. Actually, I know I can do it on pages. Because you can do it on pages because I saw it on a page. So all of a sudden, I went to somebody's fan page or whatever you call those things today, like pages or anyway. I went to their page, their brand page, and I noticed that they had an image, and it took up the entire screen. Ah, yes. Let me go. And to what a I page, I can tell you literally what that's called. It's called highlighting. There's also the other. Yeah, there's two things you can oh, do. Oh well, one one is making it a milestone. You can make it a milestone. Uh-huh. You can pin it to the top. Oh, okay. Now, pin it to the top must be something for for that must brand be for pages. pages only. Yeah, that's a page thing. Highlight, but highlight basically is the one I think that makes it take up. Yep, that makes it take up the whole left to right one whole. And if you've uploaded a photo that you want to kind of stand out and look nice on your on your timeline, mm-hmm. or if you've created a photo album and you want it to look nice, and instead of it being in the two column format. And you want it to kind of take up the whole, you know, the whole timelines, you know, width. It is awesome. If you want to see an example of this, go to facebook.com slash Cliff Ravenscraft and just scroll down and you'll see that selectively I have chosen some some things to be, quote unquote, highlighted. They're they're not 
they're not milestones. You know, they're not like I just got married or, I, you know, I just had another child or something like that. They're just really cool pictures or albums or something that I've uploaded. And I would really like to highlight that picture. And I don't do this on all pictures. You'll see that some of my photo albums uh, that I've uploaded are still very much in the, you know, single column or the the two column format. But uh, this, this is something that I just figured out this week. You know, I've been doing a lot with my new Canon digital SLR camera, which uh, you guys can learn about at podcastanswerman.com slash camera if you're interested. But uh, anyway, I just, so editing comments is is relatively new uh, and very useful when you've made a little blunder. Uh, number two, you can post status updates on your profile, uh, your personal profile, and you can hide it from your timeline, but it still shows up and people can interact on it. Uh, in the news feed, and it still has a a, a, a static pay, page or, or URL on Facebook to uh, have that engagement. You can highlight things to make them a f- full width on your uh, your timeline. And then with Facebook pages, we now understand that you can schedule posts and you can also... Uh, post or publish unpublished stuff. <laughs> yes, you can. You can post things without publishing it to your timeline or newsfeed for the purpose of either draft, look, looking at things as a draft form, and publishing later, or as a place for a landing page for maybe an advertisement. And who knows? Maybe you guys can think up some other opportunities where that feature might become useful for you and if you do please head over to fate or facebook <laughs> please head over to podcastanswerman.com forward slash 268 and let us know in the comments eric anything else you wanted to share with us my friend do you want to talk about how twitter and facebook are integrated a bit more how about we leave that as a teaser for next time certainly do all right eric thank you so much my friend see ya Well, my friends, that's going to wrap it up for this episode of Podcast Answer Man. If you have any comments or questions related to anything that I've mentioned here today, I encourage you to leave a comment on the show notes for over at podcastanswerman.com forward slash 268. Again, that's podcastanswerman.com slash 268. I do have a couple of announcements for you. First and foremost, I want to let you know if you have not done so already, you can submit your speaker submission session for the New Media Expo uh, Las Vegas 2013. The deadline to submit a session for speaking on the podcasting track or any of the other tracks for that matter for New Media Expo will be July 31st. Again, I'll put a link to this in the show notes over at podcastanswerman.com slash 268. So there'll be a link to the sign-up form. But again, the deadline is July 31st. I encourage everyone out there who has experience in podcasting to go in and submit a session. And I will be looking at all of those submissions during the second week of August and putting together the calendar or the schedule for who will be speaking at Blog World. So it's going to be a good time. Uh, There's already a lot of submissions that have been coming in, but uh, I want to encourage you. There's still time. July 31st is the deadline. If you want the link, head over to podcastanswerman.com forward slash 268 and you'll be able to click through and submit your session. Also, 
if you have uh, attended Blog World NYC, the last event, I would love to know it if you actually did a blog post about that or you mentioned it at length in one of your podcasts or in several of your podcast episodes. Uh, just do me a favor, email that to cliff at podcastanswerman.com. Again, if you did, if you attended Blog World, did a blog post, or you talked about it at length in one of your episodes, please forward me a link to that at cliff at podcastanswerman.com. I'm gathering that for the founders of the show. They want to hear what the podcasting community had to say about the podcasting track or Blog World in general. And, and I've been forwarding some of those as I have personally found them in the podcast that I subscribe to. So good stuff there. Uh, just send me yours if you have some. Also, if you're looking for artwork for your podcast, you know that my person for artwork is Jenny Hampson. Jenny H. is the best when it comes to creating custom artwork for your podcast. If you haven't already updated your podcast artwork, artwork to 1400 by 1400 now's the great time to go over and um, hire Jenny H. to create that new custom artwork for you. Podcastanswerman.com forward slash Jenny H. That's J-E-N-N-Y H is in Hampson. Podcastanswerman.com slash Jenny H. Tell her Cliff sent you from Podcast Answer Man. And finally, I just want to say thank you to the gentleman or the lady from MyGreenMentor.com. Again, MyGreenMentor.com for using my affiliate link. And wow, what a beautiful site that is. Uh, using my affiliate lo- link with Bluehost. Thank you so much, guys. Have a great day and take everything you do to the next level.